So I don't even know why I'm testing this, but here I am. It's uh, Wednesday, April 4th, 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018, just to, so I don't confuse you. Um, but I am recording this uh, from the comfort of my luxurious studio apartment in South Los Angeles, California. And yes, I am a couple of days late on this. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling well was a little overwhelmed. I'm sure Charles Disney will be pleased that I have fallen behind on uploading a new episode of my podcast. But here it is, Charles. He's not listening. Um, so a lot of things are going on right now in the world. I mean, first off, can I just say, <laughs> I mean, for those listeners who also share, uh, you know, beliefs in the... Um, well, the cosmic and the the strange and the um, out of the ordinary. We are in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. <laughs> and I don't feel well. <laughs> I really don't feel well. Um, I, you know, a lot of people want to say that a Mercury retrograde does nothing, but it actually does a lot. And my life has been in shambles for the last two weeks or so. <laughs> like, things are really not going well. I mean, it'll be fine, you know. Like, everything's going to be fine. I, I really believe that. But, man, I've been going through it. You know, lots of tears. I've been very teary. Today I've cried so much. Um, you know, and, and yes, um... My feelings were hurt recently, but I don't know if it's, if all of the crying is related to that. I think I'm just uh, very teary. I'm a very sensitive person. A lot of people don't know this about me, uh, but you know, on my podcast, you get, you get an inside look at what it's like to be me. Um, God, I'm so narcissistic. This <laughs> is so stupid. Anyway, I'm a very sensitive person. You know, I cry so much um i cried i cried during zoolander that's that's how you know i'm sensitive i cried when derek zoolander lost the male model of the year award to hansel and he's you know he's like standing outside you know on the sidewalk somewhere in new york city and hansel rides by on his on his little Vespa and he splashes Derek with a, with a puddle, you know, and Derek's just standing there like, who am I? I fucking cried when I, <laughs> when I saw that. Yeah, that's how sensitive I am. If I don't cry in a movie, I want my money back. If a movie doesn't make me cry, it's not a good movie. You know, that's my measuring stick for good movies. So... Anywho, what's going on in the news? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Oof. The YouTube shooter. 
the female YouTube shooter. Okay, I'll admit it. I definitely thought that she was killing a boyfriend. I did think that. Okay. But also, to be fair, faux news reported that. Faux news reported that the female YouTube shooter was at YouTube to kill a scorned lover. Okay. I'm not making that up. Yesterday at work, somebody came by my desk and said, oh, they said that the woman killed her boyfriend. I was, I was like, what? It's not true. She just, she was angry that YouTube demonetized their videos, which, you know, fine, understandable. I don't know. I don't understand YouTube culture really at all. Um, it's too much for me. I mean, obviously... We all know uh, how dangerous YouTube can be. Just like going on anything, any video, any video, you can see horrible, horrible comments on it. Also, I just want to say that some asshole decided, I don't, and I don't know who it was. I have a theory on who it was. They went on one of my stand-up videos and they downvoted my stand-up video four times. Well, look, guess what? I'm on to you. I'm pretty positive I know who it was but honestly like you're petty AF like who does that it's a good video so to combat that I uh uploaded the video on an unlisted YouTube link okay and actually I think I'm going to be making all of my future stand-up videos on YouTube unlisted so that uh nobody will uh you know be tempted to steal my hot material which I'm very proud of. I love stand-up comedy again, by the way, guys. I don't know if I've... Uh, well, I haven't spoken to you in a solo episode in a little bit. Obviously, last week, uh, Dave Cyrus was on the podcast. Pretty good episode. Pretty long. Pretty long episode. But, you know, people like it. It was a good one. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I haven't done a solo episode in a while. I What I really want to do is I want to do a solo episode like once... I, well, I want to do it every other week and then have a guest every other week, but it hasn't worked out to that quite yet. So we're going to work on that. I'm going to work on scheduling these more accurately and maybe we'll get some feedback on that. There is an email for the podcast. I haven't gotten any emails uh, to the podcast yet, but I we are rated on iTunes finally. There is, <laughs> we have enough ratings on iTunes. All five stars, by the way. Thank you so much for anybody who has rated the podcast. That is helpful. You know, that is great. I mean, honestly, I won't consider this podcast a success until there is a Reddit page uh, denouncing the podcast and saying what an untalented fraud I am. I th That's the measure of success. If somebody has gone out of their way to trash your name on the internet... You're making it. Um, yeah. What else has gone on recently? Um, I got my car towed. Uh, that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, I've lived in Los Angeles for almost five years. And my car has only been towed twice in five years. And actually, I think that's... Like, honestly, I think that's a good record. You know, I feel that um, car tows happen quite often here. There is a level of trickery that is going on in Los Angeles. I think that the, um, what do you call it? I guess the parking, uh, what would you call it? The traffic parking bureau or 
the whatever branch of the government that uh, hands out par- oh parking violations bureau, I guess that is what it would be called. Um, man, what a scam. I mean, first of all, these people, they just give out tickets like crazy, you know, tickets for street sweeping tickets for, you know, not parking on a certain color curb after a certain time. And if you've ever been to Los Angeles and you see some of these signs where it says like no parking between three and 6 PM on a, every other Thursday, but you know, you can park here on a Thursday if it's on a holiday, but holidays are never on Thursdays, but don't you dare park here between, you know, 1 AM and 1 30 AM and it's just like you know a bunch of convoluted shit i took a picture once of a of a sign in culver city it was like it was like seven different signs stacked on top of each other like telling you exactly like if you could park there but it's not they do that on purpose i really do think they do that on they purposely want to confuse people and then trap people into parking into certain places so that they can hand out tickets. And then that's how the city makes their money, if there is any money in the city. But God knows. Anyway, I got my car towed and uh, I figured it out. My Everything's fine now. And, you know, it is my fault. I did park partially in somebody's private driveway that I didn't see, but it was dark and you know, I was, my eyes probably weren't working because I was crying so much in the car. <laughs> Wait, like, here's a list of places that I cried this week, okay? Within the last week, okay, I cried at Starbucks, um, a build-your-own pizza place, <laughs> uh, in my car, always a classic, love crying in my car. Um, I cried in Barnes & Noble, uh, not because I was sad, but I was getting really frustrated because I couldn't find the Shakespeare section, and uh, nobody was like, everybody who was working there like wasn't helpful. They were just, I don't know what they were doing. I and and oh by the way the Barnes and Noble in Santa Monica if you are a Los Angeles local that closed and I think that's a travesty and now I think one of the only Barnes and Nobles is the one at the Grove and I don't want to go there but I did go there I went there on Easter Sunday which is crazy going to the Grove on a holiday don't do it but I did um, where else have I cried? Oh, a movie theater. Not at the movie I was watching. Just, you know, I was just teary on my way into the theater and not really on my way out. I did see an amusing film. I saw Game Night, <laughs> except I do have thoughts on Game Night. I think, and listen, turn this off now. Well, no, don't turn it off, but this is a spoiler alert. Okay. So earmuff it. If you haven't seen Game Night starring Jason Bateman and um, what's her name? It's not Kristen Bell, is it? Because I don't remember. Oh, no, it's uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh, my God. I don't even know how I could get them confused because I think Kristen Bell is so annoying. I don't know what it is about her. Maybe it's the fact that she does those branded commercials for Nikon with her husband, (laughs) Dak Shepard. They're like, oh, like, let's take pictures or I don't know what the fuck is going. How bad do they need money that they're doing those commercials? Well, that should tell you how bad the economy is, is that. Um, Dak Shepard, well, I mean, obviously he doesn't have her kind of money, but Kristen Bell feels the need to do sponsored commercials with her own husband. 
So that's a sign that, you know, entertainment is collapsing. Yeah, but I saw Game Night, uh, which is a, you know, it's a studio comedy. And it's described as a black comedy. But, you know, I don't know. It's really not as dark as they want you to think it is and also here's the spoiler okay so so earmuff it right now i think this movie basically is celebrating stalking <laughs> it's so weird so jesse plemons plays this like weird security guard slash cop who lives next door to jason bateman and rachel mcadams and jason bateman and rachel mcadams they're a couple who got together you know, through playing like trivia night at a bar and they, you know, were like, you know, playing all these games at game nights at people's houses. These are nerds. Okay. And I'm a nerd too. And, um, but some of the games they play, like, ugh, who cares? I, I don't know what they were playing. They didn't play Balderdash in the entire film, which I think is offensive. Balderdash is a game of wits it's a game of value. It's a way of testing if somebody should be in your life. Balderdash is my game. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the basically the plot of the film is that uh, Jesse Plemons, the creep, their neighbor, is upset that he's no longer invited to game night since he got a divorce from his wife. So he stages this like elaborate ploy to get him involved in their game night again and then there's like another subplot with um Jason Bateman's brother who who's played by Kyle Chandler who you may know as the uh the coach from Friday Night Lights. I also believe that he starred in a short-lived uh television series called Early Edition which I remember. That was a show about a guy who would get the paper that was for the next day delivered to his apartment the day before so then he would go out and stop all of the bad things that happened in the paper which actually is a pretty interesting time travel concept if you ask me but anyway so kyle chandler in game night is some sort of like i don't know like criminal type guy and he you know he's involved with all these drug dealers and blah 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 so anyway by the end of the film I just got the impression that so Jesse Plemons basically is motivated by missing his wife and the entire thing at the end he's like kind of he's like stalking his wife it's oh my god I don't even just watch the movie and tell me what you think but I don't think it's that good I don't know um I also have watched I, I I watched part one of the Gary Shandling documentary. I think it's it's called the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, and I personally love Gary Shandling, um, which is kind of a newfound thing for me because when I was growing up, my mom said that she didn't like Gary Shandling, and I don't know why she ever said that. I think he's fucking hilarious. I started watching the Larry Sanders show. It's fucking hilarious. And he's amazing. And I only really had a an introduction to him when he was on Pete Holmes's podcast, You Made It Weird. And that was a little over two years ago. And he actually died like really shortly after he was on the podcast. So he was amazing on that podcast and just like a really beautiful, wonderful person. 
And um, then he died like a couple weeks later, which was like unbelievable. But um, anyway, so the the documentary, a lot of people, a lot of comics who I've talked to about it, they're like, you know, deeply affected by this documentary. And I am too. I've been pretty touched by it. But I did want to... But, you know, I'm going to finish it and then maybe we'll talk about it again later. But the only thing I wanted to bring up um, was this diary entry. They show, you know, just like little snippets of his diary entries and his journals. Um, And honestly, I think I'm going to start journaling a lot more than I have been. I, I do have, you know, occasional journal entries and I have a, uh, Oh, sorry. It's, uh, it's, uh, late at night. Um, (laughs) I, I I do have a digital journal, but it's not the same as, you know, writing down and putting pen to paper. Plus, I think it'll just be good for me to like write on paper again, because the only time I ever write really is in my joke book or in my planner. And it's so weird. Like I, it's like, I kind of forget how to write. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, because I'm so used to just typing everything now, like writing stuff is like kind of difficult. But the, the, here's the quote I wanted to share with you from the Gary Shandling documentary. So it says work and uh, work is underlined is an expression of life of Zen. Do your comedy, not for the sake of fame and fortune, but because it is what God does through you. You are merely a vehicle. And I think that's so beautiful and so important because I think a lot of people do lose sight of why they do certain things and especially in the arts Um, and comedy. Like I keep having to remind myself sometimes that the reason I love doing comedy is because my favorite thing to do in the entire world and no, guys, it's not cry. My favorite thing to do in the entire world is to laugh. I've always loved to laugh. I've always um, enjoyed comedy. I've loved, you know, laughing with my friends, um, you know, just being happy. You know, laughter for me is associated with happiness and just this light feeling, you know, this feeling that, you know, all of the bullshit, all of the heaviness, like the things that comprise life, you know, are just temporary. Everything's temporary, even the happiness. But um, I don't know. I just think it's so important to to laugh. Um, I think that's what keeps me going in life. Just, you know, just being able to laugh at things. I think if I didn't have a sense of humor, I, oh God, man, uh, first off, how dull would I be? And who knows if I'd even be here. I think laughter has always saved me in some way. So I don't know. I just wanted to share that. And do you watch the documentary? I, I get no money for this. I, I'm not associated with uh, Judd Apatow in any way, but I would like for him to hire me. I have been tweeting at him uh, to give me a job for the last seven or so years, and he hasn't responded. So I'll tweet at Judd again later tonight and see what he says, which will be nothing. So anyhow, that was a good documentary. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, I thought I got ghosted recently um, by a guy, but um, I didn't. Uh, 
I thought I was getting ghosted because he didn't text me for a while. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I decided to send one text message, just one, you know, nothing crazy. You know, I just said, hey, do you want to hang out tomorrow? Pretty simple. You know, nothing crazy, like nothing, uh, nothing too out of the ordinary. And he didn't respond uh, until the next morning, which kind of, uh, kind of annoyed me. But, you know, whatever. He didn't ghost me. (laughs) I can't get into too many details, but, you know, just know that, yes, I do have some type of a love life. Okay. But, you know, if I ever do get an official, official boyfriend again, you guys will know him probably. And I'll make him come on the podcast and I'll make him, you know, talk about our day-to-day life on the podcast really looking forward to it so guys if you want to be my boyfriend please uh, email the podcast unrulypodcast at gmail.com please attach your resume uh let me know you know just your life story just an email with your life story you know all of your likes and dislikes um attach any uh documentation of uh diagnosis of mental disorders Um, you know, like I'm not against mental illness, you know, if you have like, you know, just mild mental illnesses, yes, you will still be considered some mental illnesses I will not consider. And I won't say that on the podcast, but you know, just let me know, put your salary expectations (laughs) at the end of the email. That's a joke. Um, no, put the, put the amount of money that you have in in savings at the end of the email put the year make and model of the car you drive (laughs) that's how shallow i am now what kind of a car do you drive god damn it i never used to care about things like that well i still kind of don't you know i mean one of the guys i like now doesn't have a car you know and it's fine i'll concede that you know, except in Los Angeles, you kind of do need to have a car, like, you know, for the most part, to be able to, like, do everything. I mean, otherwise, you're going to be on the bus for a long time, which I guess some people are fine for. You know, they're fine with that. They're fine being on the bus. Great. But I've never been on a bus in Los Angeles. I don't plan on it. It's just not for me. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, yeah. So your your life story in the email um, the year make and model of the car you drive and the amount of money in your savings account. Just send that to me and I will, uh, decide whether or not you can be my boyfriend because I do get asked guys. I, I don't mean to brag. Okay. But I have been asked out. I've been asked out on dates. You know, I'm an attractive lady. Um, it's just, you know, mo- a lot of the time these guys who ask me out aren't the guys that I'm interested in myself, which is fine. Except, I, you know, I did have some luck recently with um, the guy who I thought ghosted me. <laughs> he took me out. He's a nice guy, you know. So maybe I'll see him again. He He's uh he's European. Not like European. He's he's like Irish or I don't want to get too into all these details. He's very good looking. Um, oh, <laughs> here's something I wanted to talk about. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't, they're like, I don't listen to the radio. 
I don't listen. I don't listen to the radio. Well, I listen to the radio in the car. You know, even though a lot of people are against, like, oh, I don't like the music they play on the radio. Well, guess what? Radio station is fucking killing it lately. Alt ninety eight seven in Los Angeles. This radio station is killing it. Whoever is programming this music gets it. They get my life. We are kindred souls. Okay, look, I grew up in the suburbs. Okay, I know good alternative music. I was a Dave Matthews band fanatic in high school. Okay, but um, for real, Dave Matthews is very talented. And yes, they do occasionally play him on the alternative station. But some of the songs they've been playing on the alternative station lately. Wow, like somebody gets it. Okay, so one song in particular that I heard the other day and I had to be reminded of it was Push by Matchbox 20. Okay, we all know Matchbox 20, right? Right. We all know Rob Thomas. Okay, they kind of hit a big, like, I don't know what year that was, like 1997, 1996. I don't know. What is the name of that album? See, I looked this up and I should have had this prepared for you. Okay. No, oh, okay. So the album, this is the debut album for Matchbox 20. It's called Yourself for Someone Like You. And it was released in October 1996. October 1996. I was nine years old. Okay, so I looked up the story of Matchbox 20. Because quite honestly, I was curious. Uh, I don't know what Rob Thomas is up to. I'm. I think that Matchbox 20 still tours. And also, you know, I would like to say that I do forgive him for the song Smooth. Um, I did listen to Smooth before starting the podcast because I just wanted to, you know, get in the mood um, to speak into a microphone alone. (laughs) And that song does not hold up. Um, It's okay. I mean, I think it's just it's been mocked so much, especially in... Uh, LA comedy if you ever went to the original Echoes Under Sunset uh, Smooth was the staple song of the Monday Night Open Mic hosted by Jay Weingarten and Ryan Shoemaker Smooth was the song baby anyway so (laughs) here's what's interesting about Matchbox 20 okay so first of all it says here that Rob Thomas wrote every song on the debut album, Yourself or Someone Like You. I mean, hello. And this album is massive. If you, I mean, if you have this album, you know how many hits are on this album, right? Okay. So let me read this about their story to you. Uh, the album was released in October 1996, on the same day that Lava Records folded. The album sold only 600 copies in its first week. The band toured extensively, trying to attract notice. Radio stations were slow to adopt their first single, Long Day. Thomas and his bandmates were convinced they were soon to be dropped from their contract. Their manager was also worried and yelled at them to get serious about their performances. Their fears were well-founded. Officials at Atlantic Records were close to dropping the band when they noticed that sales had spiked in Birmingham, Alabama. There, radio stations had begun playing another track on the album, Push. Atlantic released Push as a single, and it soon became a top five hit. 
Its success led the album to be certified gold. Their next single, 3AM, was hugely popular and the album went multi-platinum. Real World and Back to Good followed. Nearly seven months after its release, the album reached number 99 on the Billboard 200 chart. It continued to climb, finally reaching as high as number five. The album was nominated for a Grammy Award and two American Music Awards. In 1997, readers of Rolling Stone named Matchbox 20 the best new band. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, Thomas enjoyed his success. See, I don't know who writes these stupid Wikipedia pages, but somebody got a little flourishy here, okay? Thomas enjoyed his success. When traveling, he told customs officials that his occupation was rock star, and he often dressed the part, wearing sunglasses and long furry coats. (laughs) What? Uh, he described the first few years with Matchbox 20 as a blur, featuring large quantities of alcohol, cocaine, and women. One of these interludes resulted in a son. Is that true? Does he have a son with a groupie? I don't know. I know he's been married to the same woman for a long time, but I have no idea if he has a, uh, a kid with somebody. Let me see. Scroll down here. Oh. Hmm. He met his wife at an after party in Montreal in late 1997. Well, that's nice. Must be nice. Yeah. Okay. So this song, Push. How how relatable is this song? Okay. Here's some of the lyrics. I think you, you all know this song. I'll play a little snippet at the end of the episode. Okay. So it starts out with, she said, I don't know if I've ever been good enough. I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in. And I don't know if I've ever been really loved by a hand that's touched me. And I feel like something's going to give and I'm a little bit angry. Wow, that's already deep and relatable. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever been really loved by a hand that's touched me. Shit! Rob, sing it! You know what's up. Okay, the song continues. Well, this ain't over. No, not here. Not while I still need you around. You don't owe me. We might change. Yeah, we just might feel good. Oof. Then here comes the the chorus. I want to push you around. Well, I will. Well, I will. I want to push you down. Well, I will. Well, I will. I want to take you for granted. Yeah. Well, I will. Shit. I want to take you for granted. Damn. Yeah, this song is hot, baby. Uh, (laughs) I can see how it made Matchbox 20 famous. This is a good song. Man, do you remember listening to this when you were a kid? Just me? Okay, well, they they were playing at an Alt 98.7 the other day, and I fucking, yes, that's right, I did cry. I cried to push in my luxurious Honda Civic Hybrid. I cried. But some of these songs that the, that the Alt station is playing, oh my god, so they've been playing, like, here's just an example here. 
what are a couple? Of, oh my god, they played uh, "Heart Shaped Box" by Nirvana, um, "Elephant" by Tame Impala, great song. Uh, oh my god, "Don't Speak" by No Doubt, yes. Um, oh, "My Hero" by the Foo Fighters, "Californication" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Look, I stand by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they're very talented. <laughs> they're very good. I love their music. Yes, I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in the suburbs of Colorado. So it is obligatory that I enjoy these types of bands and this type of music. Oh, one of my all-time favorite songs. Okay, Yellow by Coldplay. Shit. All of these songs are so good. Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh, here, here's one I heard tonight. Mad World by Gary Jules. This is the song that was on the Donnie Darko soundtrack. Who remembers being, you know, 15 years old, you know, hormones just like bustling, you know, fantasizing about uh, that cute boy in your English class, Ryan? Hi. Um, I remember those times, you know, when I thought Donnie Darko was the deepest thing I had ever seen. I thought it was deeper than Fight Club. I think I was wrong. I think Fight Club holds up. Donnie Darko was just kind of dramatic, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. But man, that song, Mad World. Oof. Little movie, baby. That's how you know if you're dead inside, you won't react to that song. But, you know, you should react to it. What else have they played? Oh, All Apologies, Nirvana. Oh, Friday I'm in Love by The Cure. Another good song. Danny California, also Red Hot Chili Peppers. Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. Oh my god. I'm such a sad, I'm such a sad 30-year-old white woman. I love that song. (laughs) Um, what else? Oh, somebody told me about the killers. That's a hot song. Yeah. Alt 98.7. Just fucking crushing it. Crushing it. Uh, also, yeah. Rob Thomas. Very talented. I don't know what he's up to, but, you know, thank you for writing all of those songs on yourself or someone like you. So, great. Um, hmm. So I I need a new show to binge watch. I ran a Twitter poll asking what show I should watch because there's like there's like a lot of shows I haven't seen that are you know pretty beloved. Uh, one is The Sopranos. Uh, I know I've never seen The Sopranos. That's crazy, right? That's sinful. I should probably watch that because I'm Italian. But one of my other choices was The Wire. Should I watch that? I don't know. And then the last thing I asked about was Twin Peaks. <sighs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. It's weird, right? Who knows? I don't get a lot of chances to watch things on television, but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch something. Try to try to binge watch something. And I'll report back to you. I'll also report back to you when I finish the rest of the Gary Shandling documentary because that um, was very moving to me. So we'll see how it goes. 
And guys, I just want to let you know, if you are feeling, you know, sad or, you know, upset or lonely or teary, just just know that I'm out here crying in my car and there's no shame in that. Just cry, you know, cry where, cry where you want. I cried. Oh, here's another place I cried. I cried in the copy room at work. <laughs> I don't know why this makes me laugh so much. But just all of the places I'm crying at. Do you think I should tell my therapist all the places I cry in? I don't think she'll judge me. Oh, she, I know she won't judge me. Will she care? Will she think something's seriously wrong with me? It's only the last, you know, couple of weeks or so that I've been very, like, teary. You know, mostly because, you know, I've been sad and about something kind of specific. But, you know, I, I can't go into those details, you know, because the life of a... Uh, the life of a public figure you know some things do need to remain private guys so i don't know i think that's all for me um let's see so yeah listen to last week's episode with dave cyrus even though it's two hours you know but it's very enjoyable He's cool. Okay. And then next week on the podcast, Earl Skakel will be on. Earl Skakel, yes, of Showtime's I'm Dying up here and also the Jellies on Cartoon Network. Uh, And as far as what's going on with me, I will be uh, roast battling this week, April 10th, with Guam Felix at the world famous comedy store. Tickets are on sale on their website. And I do have other upcoming dates. I think I'm going to be at Mickey's in West Hollywood on April 16th at 7 p.m. So come check out a show. And I do have dates um, out of state that are coming up. So uh, those are on my website, unrulymaruli.com. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah, you guys you know, have a good week. And, you know, if you cry, don't let anybody shame you for it because crying is natural and crying is good for you. Okay? Heather said so. And I will refrain from referring myself, uh, referring to myself in the third person in the future because I get it. It's insufferable. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Said I don't know if I've ever been good enough I'm a little bit rusty and I think my head is caving in And I don't know if I've ever been really loved By a hand that's touched me and I feel like something's gonna give And I'm a little bit angry, well, this ain't over While I still need you around You don't hold me With my chain